Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find obscure and offbeat Christmas music on YouTube. This is Jay, and I'm joined by my friend Scott. How are you, buddy? How you doing, Jay? Listeners will notice that was not me doing the open this time. I thought we would mix it up and just bring some uh, some new life to and randomness to the show. Yes. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Uh, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I will revoke your hosting privileges if you do that. Yes, no, no singing cuts. Now we have to pay Bowie's estate. Yeah. So, Jay, this week, I was so excited all week knowing that our recording was coming up. So I think I can fully say I'm over the Christmas blues. I might have been even phoning it in last time. So, listeners, if you notice that, I apologize. But I am here. I am back at 100% this week. How are you feeling, Jay? I'm feeling the same. And I think the, the, the if there are dog days of winter, regardless of where you um, where you are, I think it's that time between late January in early March, you know, when spring starts to rear its head where people are just like dragged down. I think it used to be like, like kind of, uh, when I was living in the Northeast, the time between like the Super Bowl and when, when spring, uh, baseball would start, you know, and there it's just, there's not a lot happening. The days are like 10 minutes long. It's tough. Yeah. For a lot of people, this is when they start getting tired of winter. Now right. for me out in Denver, it's just starting to pick up for us. We're getting snow every couple of days, even if it's just flurries and no accumulation. I'm super excited. This is my absolute favorite time of the year. And uh, one of the reasons that you're hosting is you came up with the show topic. You came up with the whole playlist. I added a couple songs. You bring a unique perspective to the show. You are living in a year-round warm weather climate. I'm living in a climate that's uh, predominantly cold weather. You know, for for more than six months of the year, we're cold. You and I are both super happy in where we are, so we are very diverse in our opinions. And also, this week, there's a lot of people facing some really devastatingly cold weather, so we just thought, you know, maybe it'd be a a nice thing to remind people that warm weather is coming. Yeah. So this week, we're going to talk about warm weather Christmas songs. Where did this idea come from? Because I think it was probably about Wednesday of this week, about four days ago, that you said, hey, let's do this. The idea came from exactly what you're describing. Now, I, you are in Denver, or in, in Colorado, where it's it's winter, you know, not only in season, but in temperature, right? Uh, and where yeah. here I'm in San Diego, and it's, you know, it's beach weather. You know, I'm watching people riding by on their bikes right now going down going down to the water. So it's very different. But this isn't where I'm from. So I'm, I'm a fish out of water. And you know, to the where this really came from, Scott, is most of the people I work with are in the Northeast and in Canada, and they're getting hit with that Arctic snap. And really, it's hitting you know everywhere in North America. But as you said, we're having one of those those real typical, real brutal cold snaps right now across the country. So, you know, hearing I'm hearing those dog days. I can hear it from people on the phone who are who are dragging. I can see that they're tired. Uh, and it got me thinking that, you know, this is a real tough time of year if you're in one of those cold, dark places. But elsewhere around the world, it could be bright and sunny. So I thought maybe we would bring a little warm weather Christmas um, to the rest uh, uh, of the world and, and kind of turn people on to what, what folks do elsewhere around the holidays. You know what I'm saying? Other parts of the world. Can you call it dog days of winter? I think dog days of summer has a special meaning. I don't think it's just colloquial. It does. Yeah. Cause dogs don't just lay around in the winter unless they're huskies. Yeah. No, it can't really be the dog days. Of, it would be like the, is it the cat days? Is it the cat days of winter? I don't know. So Jay, before we get going today, we do have some housekeeping. Our chief compliance officer, Tony wrote in and said, quote, the star Wars Christmas album is proof that combining two things you love is not always a good idea. Well said, Tony. Thank you for that email. And, Jay, we got a probably one of the nicest emails that we've ever received. Really? Yeah, from listener Jonathan. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It, it was a, a nice paragraph. He said, I love the show and I never miss an episode. Jonathan, thank you so much. Cannot tell you how much that means to us. We're not here trying to make a bunch of advertising money on this show or really make any money. We're just here because we're two friends who love chatting and we like talking about music. This is a a great and interesting topic. But when people write in and tell us that they appreciate what we're doing, it just makes it so worth it. It it doubles our enjoyment from there. I I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. I I think you you said it really well. Scott and I enjoy hanging out and talking to each other and and that we can do this about something we both really enjoy and share it with other people is... You know, it's awesome. So really appreciate that. Thank you, Jonathan. And, and really um, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to send the email and share that with us. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Definitely. We And you and I always said we would do this show even if nobody listened. Yeah. 
But let's be honest, having people listen and give us feedback makes it even better. So that's gravy on top of our mashed potatoes. Yeah. And uh, one more note. This is from uh, a friend of the show, Jack, from the Total Christmas Podcast. He wrote in and said, I love the rapport between you and Jay, and you both have very different styles that work very well. So all in, the podcast is great. The only thing I noticed is that because you're such good friends, your opinions are pretty much the same for each song. I just thought it'd be cool to occasionally disagree on a song. Not often, but maybe one song per episode. I feel like it would mix it up a bit if you really like a song and Jay doesn't or vice versa. Obviously, you don't want to force it, but I'm sure it'd be easy to find songs you disagree on. Jack, great note. Thank you. I like what you're saying here. I think, Jay, we might have been overly polite to each other. Yeah. And I think just having an awareness of that, that it's okay to disagree. Yeah. Well, that would, you know, that would be a nice lesson for a lot of people in this country right now. It's it's okay to have your own opinion and point of view. Yeah. So, Jack, we're, we're going to take this to heart. We're not going to try to force it. We're not going to intentionally come up with some, some reason to disagree with each other. But, Jay, you have my absolute permission uh, and I would encourage you to disagree with my point of view if you if you disagree and and to Jack's point it'd probably add some interest. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I would love to do a show just on this topic alone, but I could tell you that's great feedback, Jack. And I am a unashamed child of corporate America and that I've spent the last twenty plus years of my life growing up in and how to have crucial conversations and talk to each other and respect each other's ideas. So I'm so like I my wife tells me sometimes like just tell me what you think. You know, just <laughs> just spit it out. <laughs> so yeah, that good good feedback. <laughs> Today's show was brought to you by disagreeing with each other. So yeah, uh, exactly. we'll see we'll see what we can tell do. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> yeah. So, Jay, into our, our topic of warm weather Christmas songs. Yes. I think you and I, being from the same place, have a very, let's call it New England-centric view of Christmas, or even an American-centric one. But the world is bigger than America. Surprise, surprise to some people. Um, not everybody has cold weather at Christmas. I think we have some listeners in Australia, and I know we have listeners in New Zealand, Cold weather that are, is is not normal at Christmas time for them. They get the cold weather in our summer. I cannot imagine what it's like to have warm weather at Christmas, and that that's the norm. Yeah, you have intentionally moved to an area of the country where you will uh, experience that. I lived in Florida for fifteen years. It never got cold, cold, but it was always cold enough that it was different from summertime. I think you might have a better perspective because if I understand right, San Diego is like 70 degrees year round. Yeah, that's a great question. So and I'm, I'm really curious I and mean, I won't answer it with a question because I'm curious to know what your perspective was in year 15 when you left Tampa after being there, being a transplant from the Northeast. But you're right. You know, my my Christmas blueprint is that Rockwellian New England cold Christmas. Uh, and we moved to a warm weather climate because our bones were cold and we wanted to be in a warm weather climate. And what I would tell you is you definitely, I feel like a fish out of water still at the holidays. Okay. So we've been here for a few years now, but I still f very much feel like, um, you know, the first time I remember very vividly being at a softball game for my daughter, you know, a fall ball softball game in late November. And it was like 95 degrees out. <laughs> and I remember thinking like my body just is saying this is not normal. So, yeah, I'm still taking some getting used to it. Well, that's probably enough talking. Why don't we get into some music here? Now, Jay, you picked all the songs. Yes. Uh, well, that's not quite fair. You picked the majority of the songs. I added two that I thought were also interesting to yes. it. So we have seven songs today. Uh, just assume that Jay picked it unless we point out otherwise. The, yes. The first song today is Aloha Christmas by the Dukes of Surf. Christmas in Hawaii building snowmen. Girl. 
That was Aloha Christmas by the Dukes of Surf. Jay, since you're running the show, let me toss it to you. Why don't you start? Yeah, so this one I think is a great, uh, very, uh, and I think you probably noticed the same thing. Very Beach Boy soundings, and I didn't want to for, you know, we're, we're obscure and uh, and out there, so I didn't want to go straight to the Beach Boys, which is kind of your obvious surf Christmas music. Yeah. Uh, and the Dukes of Surf, I thought they had a really great sound and really well put together, too. Totally. I, one of my notes here is the vocals sound just like the Beach Boys. I don't know the name of the singer from the Dukes of Surf, but he sounds a lot like Brian Wilson. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Almost like they're trying to emulate the sound. So, you know, but you can't go wrong. I mean, it definitely, it makes you, I thought this was a good one to start off with too. This feels like the beginning of a Christmas movie that takes place in Hawaii. Yeah. And the Beach Boys only have two proper Christmas songs. Really? I did not know that. So there's um, Little St. Nick. Yeah, they have Little St. Nick and then another one. But they, they never did a Christmas album, as far as I know, and I'm pretty sure of that. You are absolutely correct, though. The Beach Boys are not obscure, and they're very much not offbeat. So finding these guys, the Dukes of Surf here, I thought was a, a great way to start today. It was also a nice, fun, bubblegum introduction to the topic. This is from the 2013 single Aloha Christmas, and the proceeds from this song went to the Hawaii Children's Cancer Foundation. So how could you not pick this song based on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I saw you picked out the lyrics instead of coats and mittens. We are wearing winter tans, coconut malasadas, and past the pina colada from us in Arowana. May I, uh, I can't even say it all that together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's from us in Arowana, Mele Kamikimaka to you. I think it's Arowana, but it sounded more like Arohana, but I couldn't figure out what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this band is so obscure, there are no published lyrics for them. So I believe it's Arowana, the big fish, you know, that I know from Animal Crossing. Okay. But otherwise, I'm, I'm not really sure. I thought it'd be fun to dig in more on the lyrics and some of the things that stand out about these songs. I even decided to get a little more prepared this week, and I ran through the set list. I listened to the entirety of the songs three times each. Uh, so that I really, really felt them, and I also got lyrics where I could, and I thought that would add a little interest to our discussion. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I'm fairly certain coconut malasadas are like Hawaiian donuts, and I, I'm pretty they sure are. they're quite good. And that's in the, I only know that from the video. They, As they say coconut malasadas, they're reaching into a bag. Oh, I didn't notice that. Perfect. Like a fritter kind of thing. Yeah, the, the video will be in the show notes uh, for it. The Dukes of Surf is a Honolulu-based, quote, aloha rock band. So... I think kind of carving out their own genre, although that genre could also just be called Beach Boys sounding. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it, it's more like almost like pop surf rock. Yeah, but I think it's pretty great, and it was fun. The members of the Dukes of Surf include J.P. Lamb, Michael Lee, and Mike Fish. In their bio, three beach-loving guys from surf towns in Hawaii, Florida, and California. They connected to share their love of music and surf to create a new form of music called Aloha Rock. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's uh, uh, important for our listeners to know uh, this really resonates with me, Scott, because we we live in a uh, in a California, Southern California surf town. I won't say exactly which one. Uh, and I, yeah, obviously in San Diego, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. around San Diego that, it, you know, prides itself in being like one of the last classic California surf towns. It's very bohemian. You know, there's obviously a lot of affluence, but there's also a lot of, you know, beach bums. It's just a real mix and diverse, you know, uh, area. So the surf town culture is really at, at Christmas is really unique and it's very different obviously than what I grew up with. And it's one of the things we absolutely love. Uh, about our warm weather Christmas here. And you are a surfer. Listeners should know that. I am a surfer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still not super great, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely learning. I'm a few years into my surfing adventure and it's an awesome sport. I've, I've grown beyond being just a guy with a surfboard in the water. I can call myself a surfer now. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll be out there later today for sure. And you don't want to give out your address so that our legions of fans and listeners will show up at your house? No, that's all right. I won't do that. But the you know the beaches. I'm I'm in I'm in San Diego, so there's only so many beaches here, and they're they're you know they're all kind of uh, yeah they're all connected. You just just walk from north to south, you'll find it. If you hit Tijuana, you went too far. For listeners, Jay lives at one two three Jingle Jank Lane. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the password is lamp. <laughs> The last thing on the Dukes of Surf is their first single was a song called Waikiki. It launched in 2012, and it hovered near the top of the Japanese Billboard charts for seven weeks. I thought that was a really fun little note. 
Yeah, Waikiki is a great. I have uh, my family and I spent Christmas in Waikiki uh, about five or six years ago, and it is a great Christmas town if you get the chance to go there for the holiday. Well, I meant it was more interesting that it hovered on the top of the Japanese Billboard charts. Waikiki in Hawaii is a big Japanese tourist destination. Saying that the Japanese are big fans of the Dukes of Surf sounds like a Norm Macdonald joke. Like the Germans love David Hasselhoff, which once again proves my theory: Germans love David Hasselhoff. When we were there for the holidays, I was amazed at how many people were there on vacation from countries in Asia and around the world. I didn't realize it was that popular a vacation holiday destination for people, but it is. Very good. Let's go to the next song today. This is Christmas in the Caribbean by Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers. It's Christmas in the Caribbean. That was Christmas in the Caribbean by Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers. Jay, he says Christmas in the Caribbean, not Christmas in the Caribbean. What do you say? I think we should establish it as Jingle Jank canon that Mm. it is Caribbean. Okay. As taught to us by uh, Billy Ocean in Caribbean Queen. Mm. If we have any linguists that are listeners, I'd like to know a, a... a more informed take on this because I say both Caribbean and Caribbean, but I don't know when I choose one over the other. Same as caramel and caramel. I don't know, but I know I use both. Is it etymology? What is the study of uh, words and their origin? Is that etymology? I, I, I guess you could say it's the etymology of the word, but I'm not sure that applies to usage of words. So linguists, please write in. This isn't language hour. So Jay, what do you think of the song in general? So I, I like the song. It's got a good, relaxing, you know, going back to our dinner party. And in this case, maybe your dinner party, if you're in a warm weather climate, it's out on the deck. You got a nice pergola with some Christmas lights in it. And this is playing. I like that. Uh, you know, my lean here, Scott, is I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. So I like his music very much. And I think this was not one of the more on-the-nose Christmas songs that he has. I tried to pick one a little bit, um, maybe not quite as popular. Um, I'm going to make Jack very happy here. I disagree with you. I think this song is cheesy. Yeah. I, and I feel like Jimmy Buffett was phoning it in. And I don't know exactly why I'm saying that, but I, the first time I listened to it, I thought, oh, this is kind of good. And then the second time wasn't the, quite as good. And by the third time... I was like, all right, it's just Christmas in the Caribbean. There wasn't a whole lot of memorable stuff to it. The audio quality isn't isn't nearly as good as, as later stuff. This is from the 1985 single Christmas in the Caribbean. I don't know when Jimmy Buffett's golden years were. <laughs> well, I guess golden years are, are uh, age. But I, I don't know when Jimmy Buffett hit, hit the peak of his popularity. Jimmy Buffett really rose to popularity and fame in, in the 70s. And by, mm. the, by 85, he was... You know, not as iconic necessarily as he is today, but definitely cruising. And uh, I think you're you're right, though. I think this is kind of a phone that in song, you know, what I don't know, though, and this is the thing, like similar to how the Grateful Dead can sound terrible and still be beloved by their fans. Jimmy Buffett is, you know, has never taken himself very seriously as a musician, which is weird because he's a fantastic musician and the range of his music and in the songs and the depth of lyrics ranges from very bubblegum and saccharine and phoned into this to, you know, come Monday or something, you know, some of these songs that there are, you know, really iconic and really deep. So um, to that end, I think it is kind of cheesy, but I think that's kind of, it, it is kind of his brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Jimmy Buffett is now 74 years old yeah. as of this recording. So, yeah, and his popularity is only increasing. I can tell you as somebody who okay. has attended a Buffett concert in recent years, you know, I was in uh, I, we saw him in Newport, 
California. And for folks familiar with Orange County uh, and Newport Beach, it is one of the nicest, most affluent areas of the country. And I can tell you the ocean of, you know, probably hundred thousand dollar uh, motor coaches and and uh, you know motor homes that were parked around that place. Tell me, there's a lot of money still showing up to see Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, for those people, Jimmy Buffett's a way of life. Yeah, like the it totally. Dead, right? totally. And that's okay. why I had to have it on our playlist, Scott. Okay. Now, there's another reason that I don't like this particular song, and, and it's not quite fair. Um, Jimmy Buffett didn't do a full Christmas album until 1996. And then he did another Christmas album in 2016. Uh, 1996 was Christmas Island. 2016 was Tis the Season. If you listen to Tis the Season, which is only five years old now, the quality of the music is so much higher. The, the production value, the lyrics. So going back to this first Christmas single, uh, you know, like maybe this is an origin story. It just felt cheesy compared to later stuff. And if you take somebody who is indisputably a fabulous musician like Jimmy Buffett, they're only going to get better with age unless, well, I guess like unless they're burning out. But Jimmy Buffett is obviously not. I don't know. Maybe it's not fair of me to compare it to a modern album done when Jimmy Buffett was like 69 or 70 years old, where he had a lot of time and money to stop and think about what he was doing. Maybe I should appreciate the rawness of this original 1985 single. What do you think? I think your assessment's not far off. And I think I, I don't know if it's definitely the case here, but I can say from the, the short time I worked in the music industry where I had access to listen to a lot of live recordings I think, uh, and a lot of studio, just raw studio tape of bands like uh, Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers uh, and the Dead and others. It, it was a lot of like what you see um, in you know typical stereotypical '80s excess in the effect it had on arts and entertainment is true. You know, there was not some some of these bands like you look at some of these albums that produced in these early mid '80s timeframes. For some bands, obviously, it was great stuff. For not not everybody, some people, it's a very watered down drugged out glitzed out kind of feel to the music like which sounds like phoning it in because these guys were just going through the motions and printing money and i think in the case of a band like jimmy buffett his fans don't care about that because yeah. it's like they're celebrating the excess too you know it's like you know you get it sort of thing. Okay. i don't know if that makes well, sense but maybe somebody who frequents live music yeah uh, or listens to live music or frequents uh, venues maybe they like the unpolished feel of it yes Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm not quite being fair to it. I'm just offering my perspective. Uh, as for the lyrics, these are the ones that stood out to me. Lights are glowing in the palm trees. Stockings hung from the mast. Santa's riding on a dolphin. Don't you want to make it last? Um, Santa riding on a dolphin. That one caught me. I liked that. That's not something I've ever pictured before. Yeah, and I, I, I can say for anybody who's not done Christmas in a warm weather climate, the things that you hear about with the lights in the palm trees on boats and people surfing and Santa hats in the water and stuff like that, it's it's all you know very much a part of the custom. There's a boat parade here in San Diego that they do around the bay that's a huge event every year, and it's insane what people do to their boats uh, to, to get them dressed up. So Santa riding a dolphin doesn't seem that far-fetched. Cool. Let's move on to the next song today. This is Surfing with Santa by the Hollyberries, and I'll point out that this is one that I chose. That was Surfing with Santa by the Hollyberries. Jay, I really enjoy that one, but I'm biased because I chose it. What do you think? 
Well, I think we're giving I give we're giving our fans what they want this week because I thought that song was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay, tell me why. Well, because it, it was um, my first reaction when I heard the song was okay. This is like the Chipmunks, and then I was uh, like, no, that's just how this person sounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I'm kind of feel like a jerk, but you know, I just that you know, I, and I've said this before. I think I'm nothing if not consistent, and our listeners will recognize that I do not like that weird kind of. QP high pitched like helium sounding voice thing doesn't do it for me. One of the reviews I found of this song called it quote a fun little slice of holiday bubblegum surf. I think that's spot on and maybe our disagreement here is that you don't want that bubblegummy very pop sound and I I liked it for the nostalgia it evoked. Yeah, I would say in, in surf parlance this would be a kook song. Okay, this is from the 2013 album I Want to Go Surfing with Santa and Other, parentheses, Mostly Christmas, Surf Pop Delights. The song was written, arranged, and produced by Kip Brown, who was a founding member of one of L.A.'s original punk bands called Shock. I've never heard of Kip Brown. Have you, Jay? I've heard of Kip Winger. Okay, I, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that not, person's not related the same to guy. Kip Brown. No, no. Okay. Kip played all the guitars sleigh bells and even the glockenspiel whoa and he contributed yeah yeah he contributed most of the backing vocals to the tune uh, let's see uh, more notes here supported by karen murphy and michelle tinsley on vocals plus john baker playing bass and backing vocals steve palooka on saxes and travis raymond on drums and Chaz ferry as santa claus i think this song hits our obscure meter because this is this is not a super popular band. This is some people who love it and put out an album, and I really like that. So that could be contributing to my enjoyment of the song. Yeah, I almost feel like we should reach out and tell these guys we're talking about their song on a podcast, and that you know, even though I didn't like it, 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 it still it's Christmassy. I mean, it's on the nose. I mean, if I'm being objective, it, it is exactly you know as it's described, kind of a a fun little slice of uh, bubblegum surf in that review. I'm going to explain to you why I didn't, though. Okay. This is going to be really snobby. Please. They only have a Facebook page. There's no website. There's no anything else. And when I found their contact information, their email address was at earthlink.net. You're kidding me. And and I thought, well, (laughs) I'm going to have to describe to these people what a podcast is. It's kind of like if you have a Hotmail address, you know, that's that's showing your technical ineptitude. Apologies to listeners who have a Hotmail address. Look it up. I'm not the one who came up with that. Yeah, Earthlink, which was the predecessor. I had Earthlink. Yeah, I had MindSpring, which then became Earthlink. Earthlink. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Some of the lyrics in this song, this is what I liked. Check out Surfin' Santa, the coolest cat you'll see, in baggy shorts and sandals and a board shaped like a Christmas tree. The nice. visual of a board shaped like a Christmas tree, that one really stood out to me. But, Jay, as a surfer, um, how effective would a board shaped like a Christmas tree be? Would it work? Yeah, probably not. It would probably be very hard to balance on it. And it would also be very, it would not, it would be kind of unkind to your fellow surfers because should you become, should you lose control of a board shaped like a Christmas tree, that becomes like an arrow. (laughs) So, okay. How about this? If we get a collection going and we have a, a surfboard with an inlay of a Christmas tree, would you use that at Christmas time? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be sweet. Yeah, it sounds good. Well, so we don't have too much to say about the holly berries. Well, I guess we already did say everything we did. I like the song. Jay, you didn't. I'm glad that we disagreed. This is adding some interest to the show, to Jack's point. Yes, agreed. All right. So we're going to move on to a more controversial song that that you picked out that I'm going to need you to back up once we play it. This is The Song of Christmas by Don Ho. Yes. Flakes fall like little flower petals softly tumbling down. Softly down. Mr. Snowman with his wooden gun is guiding this whole town. And each Christmas tree with starlight lessons is all aglow with a wonderland of secret 
Latin boxes. That was The Song of Christmas by Don Ho. I'd like to give you the inaugural Jingle Jank WTF Award for why did you pick this song I that t- was like, it was like you just pulled the emergency brake on the playlist today. So I think, you know, Don Ho is an iconic, uh, iconic Hawaiian uh, Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And uh, this is a great Christmas song, perhaps not one of his uh, well, most popular. Uh, it's a Christmas song, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. The word great was doing a lot of heavy lifting in what you just said there. So you you might say I wanted to shoehorn Don Ho into this episode, and the song of Christmas was the, uh, was the cheap plastic shoehorn on which I did that. I feel like there are other songs you could have picked. The reason I didn't care for this song was because of how slow it is. Not because I have a problem with Don Ho. He's got a nice voice. He is uh, described as a, quote, Hawaiian crooner. Yeah, and, you know, part of the reason why I like this, Scott, is our my blueprint for Christmas is very heavily inspired by the generation before us that grew up in, in you know, Don Ho's prime. And, you know, so they imprinted this on us. So I have an appreciation for these old kind of uh, these old 60s, 70s crooners that just for some reason do not go away. Here's where I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You are a master of creating playlists, and one of the key elements of a good playlist is diversity of songs and their tempos. And yes. this is very different. Yes. So instead of being on autopilot, you hear this one and you mentally slam on the brakes and think, what just changed? Yeah. So I'm going to give you that. Yeah. Don Ho is an American traditional pop musician, singer, and entertainer. He is best known for the song Tiny Bubbles. Jay, I have a clip. Tiny Make me happy. Make me feel fine. Uh, so that's his song, Tiny Bubbles, which I was aware of, but I didn't know it was Don Ho. Yes. Here's a really funny note I found. As Don Ho got older, he was very self-aware that he was old and his audience was also aging. So at his shows, he would play Tiny Bubbles twice in case some people don't make it to the end of the show. Yes. And I thought that was so funny. That uh, recovered this entry into the playlist for me because I'm a sucker for somebody who's self-aware and self-deprecating. I thought that was really great. Are you aware of Don Ho being a, like a, almost like a Wayne Newton type sex symbol in the 70s? Yeah, that's it. That's I mean, th- for this guy, yes, I am. And and I think, you know, playing Tiny Bubbles twice, I love a guy who knows his audience. I mean, that is somebody who's really in turn in tune with his customers. So I, I like that very much. The generation, you know, maybe not our parents generation, but like our grandparents generation. They love this guy. And I think okay. you know, that's what why I'm attracted to Don Ho. Wait, cut that I think out. our parents generation <laughs> liked it, too. I have a note here. Guest appearances on television series include... I Dream of Genie, The Brady Bunch, Sanford and Son, Batman, Charlie's Angels, McCloud, and Fantasy Island. Yeah, I mean, if you throw in, like, um, uh, Hollywood Squares or, like, Match Game or, like, something like yeah. that, that's like the full, that's like the rotation of, this is when a time when art and TV and music, where every, the, all these crossovers were constantly occurring. And, you know, th- think about the episodes of Scooby-Doo we used to watch, you know, and all of a sudden here's a random musician, the Harlem Globetrotters. You know? <laughs> uh, famously, the Harlem Globetrotters weren't musicians, but I get your yeah, point. You, yeah, duly noted. Yeah. I have a note here. Although his album sales peaked in the late 1960s, he was able to land a television series on ABC from October 1976, which happens to be the year we were born, to March 1977 with the Don Ho Show Variety Program, which aired on weekday mornings. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so that's how popular this guy was. As for the lyrics that I did like on this song, I I had to reach a little deeper to find ones I liked. On the avenue, you'll see smiling faces glowing bright, an aurora borealis for this wondrous night of nights. Uh, that would be the first time I'm aware of that I heard Aurora Borealis used in a song, yeah. much less a Christmas song. Yeah, there's a uh, that, that's a that's definitely a reach, but good good find. Almost yeah. feels like maybe somebody like like they were trying to win a bet. Like I bet you can't use this yeah. in a song. I bet you I can say Aurora Borealis in a Christmas song. Yes. No way, no way you can. All right, so yeah, you you like the song. I didn't like the song, but I respect the song, and and that's 
I think that's part of having a respectful debate. What do you think? I, I think it is. And I'll take this offline, but that, you know, I, I will find evidence of the Harlem Globetrotters also playing musical instruments. And okay. yeah. if you can find an example of the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. playing music. Yeah. I'm getting my top get people f- on it right now. You'll get a full mea culpa from me, all right? Duly noted. Okay, the next song today, this is All I Want for Christmas is a Real Good Tan by Kenny Chesney. Well, if you're thinking about getting me a present this year, let me put a bug in your cute little ear. How about two tickets to a tropical show where we don't have to wear these winter clothes anymore? Instead of turkey, we'll have mahi-mahi grilling And pina coladas in the blender chilling All I want for Christmas is a real good tan Take me to the islands, put my feet in the sand Rocking to and fro with the rhythm of the ocean Singing silent night with the palm trees a-blowing That was All I Want for Christmas is a Real Good Tan by Kenny Chesney. Now, Jay, you chose this song. I don't think it quite passes the Jingle Jank Obscurity Test. I think people know this song, but I don't hear it in common airplay. Now, listening to country Christmas music is not something I typically do, so this might be really, really common on those stations. Either way, whether it's obscure or not, I think the song is great, and it also fits our theme perfectly. So you get a once-a-fortnight pass on the uh, the obscurity meter. So even if this song is really popular and people know it, I still think it's a great pull. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. I think the pass here is definitely called for because it's not obscure. But I'm in the same boat as you, and I avoid country music radio and country music in general uh, like the plague. So I, I don't, you know, and not to say I don't like country music. I just don't listen to it on the radio or, you know, anywhere yeah, it's else. It's not our thing. Right. So, yeah. um, so I think, you know, honestly, I, I, I'm not crazy about a lot of modern, I like Kenny Chesney. Uh, I respect him as an artist and as a musician. I'm not a huge fan of today's country so much, yeah. uh, you know, different, you know, that's a different, uh, podcast, but, I, th- I think for some, if you're not that into country music, this is still on the fringe. And that's why it's a great, great song. Yeah, my wife hates country music because she grew up in Missouri. Okay. And that's, you know, that's the that's the soundtrack of her childhood. She even liked this song. She said, ah, this isn't that bad. And usually she revolts to any kind of, if you hear a slide guitar, it's all over for her. But uh, th- this was okay. I, I, t- I remembered, I was searching my memory banks. I actually saw Kenny Chesney in concert. Really? Where? Uh, at what was used to be called the Ice Palace in uh, in Tampa, which was the the big arena. Gotcha. It's called like the Amelie Center now or something stupid, but it'll always be the Ice Palace to me. Uh, this is from the 2003 album All I Want for Christmas is a Real Good Tan. The album sold over 500,000 copies and was certified gold. So absolutely popular, although at this point, while 2003 still feels like last week to you and me, it's pretty distant memory at this point to a lot of people. Yeah, and I think you know, this song is smooth. And going back to the playlist, I think this is a great inclusion. Oh, fabulous playlist yeah. song. Definitely mix up your, it's a good, it's a good change of pace. Uh, and Kenny Chesney, you know, he's not a crooner, but he's got that, obviously he's got that real kind of, I'm not sure what the right country word for it is, but he's got that crooner-esque, you know, smoothness to his delivery. Definitely playlist gold. Everything about this song I like, and I'm not even a big country music fan. I, I, I know of it. I like some of it. I don't really seek it out, but I really, really enjoyed this. The songwriting was great. The lyrics were great. The, the, the singing itself, the musicians everything about it. I would love to have this on my Christmas playlist. So well done. Excellent. Yeah. This is the kind that if you are in one of those cold weather climates, I think these are the warm you up kind of songs. You know what I like about it too, now that you said that is I don't like the smug personality of, Ooh, I live somewhere warm and you're freezing. Right. And how could you ever want to live somewhere cold? Well, listen, it's cause I like the cold weather, but you could 
take the perspective of this song like, oh, all I want right now is a real good tan. I'm not going to get it, but I'm in the cold weather, and that's what I would really like. And I, I do get that. It does get cold. It does get a little uh, overwhelming at times, and you do look forward to spring. That's one of the things I like so much about where I live is that we have a very distinct set of seasons, whereas in Florida, you blink your eye and 17 years has gone by because you, know, you get you have one season. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers have a song called Boat Drinks, which is not a Christmas song, but it's all about being somewhere cold and wishing you were somewhere warm, and that's what this song reminded me of. Yeah, now, I, some notes on Kenny Chesney. He's an American country music singer, songwriter, and record producer. He has recorded more than 20 albums. He's produced more than 40 top 10 singles on the Billboard Hot Country Songs, 31 of which have reached number one. So you cannot argue his popularity in his genre. Yeah, absolutely. I think in our lifetime, Scott, he is one of those artists who kind of came in the resurgence of country back in the late 90s, Toby yep. Keith kind of era. Yep. And he's you know, a lot have come and gone since then. He will be, I think Kenny Chesney obviously has got just enormous staying power. Yep. Some lyrics that I liked in this song, um, all I want for Christmas is a real good tan. Take me to the islands, put my feet in the sand. Rocking to and fro with the rhythm of the ocean, singing Silent Night with the palm trees a-blowing. I think one of the things I liked that is for you, even when you lived in Connecticut and the cold weather, the Corona commercial with the lights in the palm tree always resonated with you. And when I see that, I think of you. So these lyrics actually made me think of you and Liz. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, and walking around at night here when you can walk around and look at Christmas lights and palm trees and the, and, and the ocean air blowing, it's very much like being in that commercial. Yeah, exactly. All right, next song today, this is the second one that I chose. This is the Aussie Christmas song by Robin Bate. Hey, Jacko, you got that barbie fight up there, mate? Yeah, Bates, you cooking with gas. Yes, you some shockers. Yeah, beauty. Well, we fired up the barbie and it's already 30 degrees. And you think about the rellos freezing overseas We even have to think about the soul of Christmas Eve The coldest things, the esky hands full of eight bays Come on, come on, this is an Aussie Christmas song Well come on, come on, this is an Aussie Christmas song Get a maga, bit of backyard cricket before dinner As long as I can be who I well, McGrath took a wicket in the cricket at the MCG. Oi, oi, oi! Yeah, the backyard cricket just a ticket by your way to two eight. I had my Christmas dinner, now it's time to think it over. Have I left enough room for a piece of pan lover? Come on, come on, this is an Aussie Christmas song. That was the Aussie Christmas song by Robin Bate, or sometimes credited to Batesy. I think it's the same person. I'm not quite sure. Jay, I really couldn't find any information on this song. I happened to trip into it when searching through YouTube for warm weather Christmas songs. Doesn't have a whole lot of plays. It doesn't seem to be something super popular, but I really enjoyed it. What did you think? I did too. I'm Of all the songs that you've selected over the course of our shows, this has got to be in my top five that I've never heard of, and I'm, I'm really psyched that you found it for this episode. It passes a test that I like, which is the sing-along test. And if, if somebody were playing this, you know, like live or acoustically in a bar, and people started singing along, I could see everybody singing along with it. It's just a fun song with a lot of energy. Yeah, it's a different country altogether, but it reminded me of an Irish band called the Saw Doctors. If any of our listeners have ever heard of them before, but it definitely had that sing-along feel to it. Really awesome, awesome vibe. Side note, we should remember to do an Irish Christmas episode. That would be pretty right cool. Right on. Yeah. So as I mentioned, the YouTube video credits both Robin Bate and Batesy, assuming that's the same person. From Robin Bate, I have a quote here. One Christmas Eve, I was singing Christmas carols about dashing through the snow in a white Christmas, and I thought, Aussies don't have snow at Christmas. And it was 30 degrees outside, which is 86 degrees Fahrenheit. So the Aussie Christmas song was born. It's about sun, sand, backyard cricket, Pavlova, which I don't know what that is, and a cold beer. Ah, sing along. So that was a really fun quote. If we have any Aussie listeners, and I really, really hope we do, can you let us know what Pavlova is? And also, I really would like your perspective on what it's like to expect, well, 30 degrees Celsius around Christmas time. 
You must love this country more than I love a cold beer on a hot Christmas morning. To me, that would be an aberration. And, and, you know, this is the same thing we talked about at the top of the show, but I would really love to hear the perspective. And what is it like for you all to hear songs about white Christmases and snowmen and, and things like that when that is not your reality? I think that would be a fabulous discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Pavlova, what is that? I, I, all I can think of is Pavlov and the dog. And Yeah, I don't think it's related to that. No, but that's, all, that's my point of reference. Yeah, so the lyrics that I liked in this song are... Well, my daughter said, Dad, wouldn't Santa get hot in his clothes? Yeah, but he needs them overseas at Christmas where it snows. But when he is in Australia and he's singing Christmas songs, he only needs a singlet and his shorts and his thongs. Now, I had to look up what a singlet was, and it appears to be one of those uh, wrestling-type outfits. So I think it's all like a male one-piece bathing suit. Yeah. Um, That is not something I'd like to see. Uh, And the shorts and the thongs, we don't use the word thong typically for sandals, I think that's a pretty common Australia-ism, uh, but it, it caught me off guard too. But I, I liked that. I liked that. I thought that was pretty fun. And it does remind me that other people have a perspective that I don't. Yes, singlet. That's the banana hammock, I believe, also. <laughs> right, right. Uh, gross. Okay, so uh, as we mentioned, any Aussie listeners, please write no, in. Not gross, love. just different. Okay, yeah, we don't shame on this show. <laughs> How about this? Jay, if you saw me in one of those... You'd say gross. <laughs> I would say, Scott, that's gross, but I respect you for wearing it. <laughs> you shouldn't. I rely on you as a friend to keep me from doing things like that. Nobody yeah, that's wants true. To see we have that. been looking out. Yeah, that's it. I'm supposed to say, don't wear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Olympic swimmers, they're probably the only ones that can pull it off. True. Not, not mid-40s dad bod people. Okay. Right. <laughs> Our last song today is a little bit of a, a diversion from what we normally do. Now, I'm really glad you picked it, and we'll get into it, but just listeners, be aware... This is an instrumental track. We have never done this on the show before, and we're 19 episodes deep now. This is Marshmallow World by Los Straightjackets. was Marshmallow World by Los Straightjackets, which is a surf guitar song. I think you chose this one for me, Jay, because as you have been getting into surfing in real life, I have been getting into playing surf guitar. So if you did that for me, thank you. That was really cool. Yeah, I I did. And I I feel like surfing is the kind of sport that when you when you when you wade into the sport of surfing, you become very aware of how steeped in culture it is on so many different levels from the history of surfing to local localism in your surf area, which is very much a a factor. So it's a, it's a fascinating part of the sport. Uh, And this definitely, I, you know, getting into that, the music is a huge part of it. So this is just to me, just this reeks surf music, man. You know, friend of the show, Bill sent me a guitar about six months ago and I was like, well, thanks, but I haven't played in 20 years and I had totally gotten out of it. Well, thanks a lot, Bill, because you rekindled everything. Now I'm spending money on guitars again. I'm teaching again. I'm, I'm helping a friend who has a music business. I'm even thinking of doing a surf music podcast. So anyway, Jay, this is from the 2002 album, Tis the Season for Low Straight Jackets. And Low Straight Jackets are an American instrumental band from Nashville. I'm not claiming to be a surf guitar expert, but if you like that music, Low Straight Jackets are everywhere in it when, you're, when you start listening to playlists. And I don't know what listeners are going to think of this. It was instrumental. I don't think we'll do it often, but if you completely hated it, let us know so that we don't do it again. But, 
you know, we might sprinkle it in once in a while if nobody if nobody complains too loudly of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this particular song works very well as a Christmas instrumental because the lyrics are kind of staccato. It's you know, you would you couldn't do it as much on a song that'd be like a Frank Sinatra type one where there's a lot of glissando and the the notes kind of you know blend into each other. That I don't know, maybe it could work, but I thought this one was great and it fit the style and I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think Christmas is a genre of music squarely where instrumental fits and there's a place for it here. And, you know, again, using the pod, uh, podcast, using the playlist bar as sort of our, our compass, I think this fits well in a playlist. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, a quick note on Low Straight Jackets, the band has released 14 studio albums, four collaboration albums, and eight live albums. So, uh uh, can you do the math for me on that one? We'll <laughs> get our top <laughs> people on it. That's <laughs> uh, uh, 18 and 8, 26, 26 albums. And by the way, I stole that idea from the great Hark podcast that does that every week when they're tabulating. And I just thought that was great. So shout out to the Hark podcast. All right. So, Jay, that's our seven song playlist today. We're getting to the roundup. What was your favorite song? Aussie Christmas song definitely was my favorite edition. Well, I wanted to pick that one, but I don't think it's fair for me to pick it since I'm the you one that it. brought it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I and and I also just don't like it if we pick the same one. I just don't think it's all that interesting unless it's a slam dunk. Right. I'm gonna go with "All I Want for Christmas Is a Real Good Tan" by Kenny Chesney. Nice. Yeah. So and and I really enjoyed that one musically. I thought it was the strongest track today, and it went and it evoked the most uh, visual. I don't know, representation of that warm weather Christmas aesthetic that you were going for. So what a great time I had today. Even though warm weather Christmas is not my thing, I've lived it. You are currently living it. And I just thought it was fun. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it brought a little bit of, uh, of hope to those people who aren't really big cold weather fans but live in the cold weather. And I know they're out there because I see you all on Facebook. Listeners, if you want to write in... Go to jinglejank.com. You can find our email address, jinglejankpodcast at gmail.com. You can find links to all our social media accounts. If you want to just write in, let us know where you are. Uh, Jay, one note on that. We still have not heard from any of our Nigerian listeners. Please, Nigeria, let's hear from you. I did hear today, or not today, I did hear this week, and I thought this was interesting. Nigeria uh, has one of the largest populations in Africa, and I wasn't aware of that. And they also have one of the highest Christian populations. It's like something like 40% in Africa. So that would explain why a Christmas music podcast has any kind of popularity in Nigeria. But this is all hearsay to me. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So please, we would love it if you just wrote in and let us know how you found us and just give us a little tale of listening to the podcast in Africa. I just want to hear yeah, it. Why is your banking system so complicated that it requires? Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's a different podcast. <laughs> So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again in a couple weeks. And until then, Merry Christmas, everybody. Mahalo. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this.